You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Hey everybody, my name's Justin Zarian and I'm here to talk about The Sword of Trust. It's, it's this movie that I think is really interesting to listen to and to watch, and I think I should do the whole review talking with this level of voice, because it seems appropriate, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm kill gonna myself. I'm going to interrupt you awkwardly. I'm going to kill myself if I... <laughs> yeah, just awkwardly interrupt me there, just like, hey, by the way, I need to say something. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, this is the movie Sword of Trust. Uh... I didn't know anything about this movie until Chris was like, oh, you should check this out. It's a new Lynn Shelton movie. It sounds interesting. Uh, and yeah, now we have watched it, and we got to tell you guys some stuff about this movie. Uh, I'm Justin Zeri, like I said. Over here, we got Laura. How you doing? Hello, Laura Britton. Excellent, Laura. And then we got Bradley. Hello. Hello. Okay. Uh, so, um, Laura, why don't you tell us, what is this movie about? Um, loosely, this is, well, okay, ostensibly, this is the tale about a woman who is gifted something from her grandfather when he dies, and how she deals with it. That's kind of it, but it's really not it at all. (laughs) That's that's the base skeleton. (laughs) I I could add to that. She's yeah, not yeah, the male. Yeah. She's not the real main character, but yeah. Well, I think it's a, there's an a, there's an assortment of characters that are all fun, but this woman is gifted a sword from her grandfather's passing, and this sword, according to her grandfather, and a very convincing painting, <laughs> proves <laughs> without a doubt and acknowledges with absolute certainty that the South won the Civil War. So she pretty much, with her lover, takes the sword to a pawn shop run by Mel, played by the fabulous Mark Maron, mm-hmm. and wants to get it appraised to sell. Because, you know, this new power couple starting out to get serious in their committed relationship, want some money. You know, they kind of go in telling the same story that I just told you to this pawn shop guy. And the pawn shop guy and his little sidekick, uh, Nathaniel and John Bass, have to decide whether they dive headfirst into trying to get this sold, you know? Because there's a lot of wackadoos out there that would pay top dollar for such an amazing archaeological find. Or to turn it away and be like, no, we don't want any of this nonsense. Okay, That's um, a- my putting this... Putting the outline or the basis of the story together is completely ridiculous, and I suck. I need to up my game. <laughs> I apparently have no words today. Hey, it happens. It happens. But uh, you, no, should hear, you should hear totally my point hired. blank review, Laura. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, Bradley started to describe a completely inaccurate review compared to what. We- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying today, but it was totally not right. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, I think you were just improvising it a lot, like most of the movie was. You know, yeah, yeah. Just we're, like, we're doing a meta truth on the the truth of the subject matter here. Yeah, the sword of truth. The trust, uh, I think. Yeah. sword of trust. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I'm just going to say this. Uh, I've, I've not actually seen many Lynn Shelton movies. I've seen some of her TV work. She's done episodes of Glow. She's done episodes of, you know, quite a few little indie comedies. But most people probably... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Is this her... Is this... I don't know. I thought I read somewhere that this was her first feature. No, this... uh, she's the director of Hump Day from back in the day. You remember that? Oh, film? yeah. Okay, I'm totally Well, remember... Like, huge splash at all the film festivals until award seasons came around and they just forgot about it. Oh, Your yeah. Sister's a Sister oh, was yeah, huge. she's got yeah. a lot on here. I must have been reading something. Yeah, else. yeah, she did Your Sister's Sister, she did Laggies, and she's done a couple other movies, but she's most known lately for doing stuff, like I said, like AP Bio, Glow, Love, Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, a lot of TV stuff. Yeah, okay. and this does feel kind of like watching a full-length TV episode of some show. Like, like, like this feels like something that would be like the IFC channel, almost. You know? Isn't that who uh, produced it? Well, that's why. Because it's uh. <laughs> IFC who produced this show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, it all works together. You know, I, I, I watched this with Lexi, and both of us the whole time just kind of had this look just like, I guess? Like, I, it was just hard to explain our emotions about this movie. Where I'm like, I guess there's parts that I liked about this movie, but... There's other parts where I'm just kind of like, yeah, it feels like an experiment. It's watching these four actors, because, yeah, like we mentioned, it's Jillian Bell, Mark Marin, um, oh, what's the other guy's name? John Bass and Michaela Watkins. Just pretty much, I have to assume, like, 70 or 80% of this movie is improvised, because it's just them talking to each other. Just very natural conversations for the whole. I agree with you. I was actually going to bring that up in a little rant, but you, you hit the hammer on the head there. Well, the nail with the hammer on the head. <laughs> I hit something with a hammer, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. One of my favorite type of comedies is awkward conversation comedy, and this is full of it. So I, I had a pretty good time watching this. I, t- me too. I thought it was real fun, and I like the awkward conversation stuff because it's so. It, I can relate. You know. You walk in on someone's conversation, you're like, oh, shit, that was the wrong time to walk in on this. This is awkward. That's what this whole movie is. It's fantastic. Yeah, I am not in the most positive light on that one because I, it is awkward. There's a lot of, like, funny little bits that are awkward. But at the same time, it felt like because it was so improv and so loose that the story had so little structure to it. Like, it felt like just we watched stuff happen until something else happens, then we just watch more stuff happen than this you know it never felt like there was a direction or a clear path and even the plot itself is not very complicated like everything we just said covers about Mm -hmm. yeah it covers about that covers about 40 minutes of the whole movie which is only what 80 minutes long itself so could have been tighter it it doesn't break 90 well i mean it's not even so much could be tighter because it's already a really short movie it could have just had more stuff happening like it felt like we lingered on these awkward conversations for so long especially with um jillian bell and michaela watkins where I'm just like, okay, I think I got the gist of what this conversation is going for. What else is there to it? And I just, I don't know what was happening with that. I just, I felt kind of like I would tune in an hour. I'm like, okay, that was a funny bit. And now this conversation's going on for a while. Oh, but now that's a funny bit. I will say, though, the person who I felt did the best in terms of, like, straight acting in this movie, uh, Mark Maron, actually, I would say. He was great. Yeah. No, I, I honestly think he was really, really good in this movie. No, he was totally good. He carried most of the movie. Actually, though, well, I don't know. Michaela Watkins, when she comes in, she's pretty much a force of nature. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, she definitely she has some is. like step up scenes in this movie. Like she had like 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 step up to be the other like side character, you know, like the, the, the other co lead with Mark Maron at points. For sure. Yeah, and the way they pair off the characters, I, I liked how they did that, and I thought it worked really well. Yeah, so. see, because I 
I personally, uh, maybe this might be controversial. I did not like John Bass in this at all. I just didn't like. It's less that he's not a good actor. I just felt like his character. I get the point. This character was really annoying. Like he's an annoying conspiracy nut, but he's so like actual conspiracy nut that I've met before that it kind of made him repellent. Kind of rubbed me. you the wrong way. Yeah, where I'm just like. Uh, like, literally, my wife and I looked at them, and my wife's just like, I know a dude who looks and acts just like this just guy. Just like that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, and that kind of irked me. I'm just like, man, dude, just get go it. get a hint. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, you want to tell him to get a life and stop watching these stupid YouTube videos. <laughs> right? But, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I know it's I shouldn't be saying this, like, it's influencing my opinion of him. But I just also didn't find him very funny because of that. I'm just like, okay, he's got moments where he's like okay it's kind of chuckle worthy but he just seemed to kind of suck the energy out of the room every now and then yeah i liked his relationship with mark Marin, but other than that i'm not sure what his arc was in this movie. he had no arc yeah <laughs> yeah he was just like the initial foil to mark Mar- Mar- is it Marin marone his character Marin, mark's think, yeah. character Marin, okay. it was so. his, he was just a foil for that at the beginning but then it didn't really he didn't add to it so i i wish that more had been made of him because it could have been really good with his character, I think. Yeah, and, and it's no. funny because Jillian Bell, I feel like she usually has a little bit more energy in most of her roles. Mm-hmm. And here she's really toned down, which I say is a plus, but I also feel like she kind of lost usefulness after the plot, for, uh, after a while in the plot, you know? I'm just like, no, uh, I, I can agree with here, that. I, guess. I think she had one hilarious bit and quirk about her character, but. I think she probably brought that to the table. And like you're saying, Justin, the script probably didn't give her much of anything to work with other than you're the timid love interest of the lead protagonist female's character. But, I mean, arguably she should be the lead protagonist because she's the one who gets the sword, you know, Julie Bell's character. So that's the weird part where after such a big intro, she takes a back seat to Michaela Watkins for the most part. The movie actually tries twice to convince the audience even that she's her character is important, you guys. It's like, well, they give her something to do, you know? Yeah. Because like you said, she's so funny in a lot of stuff. And I did think that the quirk that she had in this movie was hilarious. But if you watch this and don't think that's funny, then I don't think her character will have anything for you. Yeah. No, but uh, on the other hand, like a lot to say about this movie is that it's also, you know, because it is such a small indie little film... Don't expect a lot of, like, great production or big-budget stuff. I think there's maybe four sets in this entire movie. <laughs> and <laughs> Town. I mean, and, and one of them's an actual pawn shop that I looked up, so... Oh, excellent. So that was a real pawn shop. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's just a local pawn shop. I'm sure they just talked to the owners and said, Hey, uh, we'll give you a thousand bucks. Can we use this for the weekend? <laughs> Something that's like that. Right. Yeah, I like that. Which... Hey, that's a pretty cool way to make a movie, to be fair. So that's that's good filmmaking strategy. But, you know, it's, it's very much like literally felt like they filmed this over two weeks uh, kind of thing. But I don't know. I feel like I have some other thoughts that I want to just – I don't know. I have some other thoughts to sum up uh, once we get to our final thoughts thing. But what were some other points you guys wanted to bring up? Well, I thought um, with the awkward conversation – and uh, thank you, Laura. I'm sorry. I just jumped right in there. I like the idea Same. of what truth is and what trust is. And when you tell someone your crazy, wackadoo idea, wow, no offense, listeners, there's a lot of vulnerability in that. And I think they all did fairly well at telling that. Uh, Mark Marin, who comes the closest to bringing the film to being a dramedy rather than just a straight-up wacky comedy, um, gives a brilliant performance in that. And I also loved that we heard a lot of true statements from insane people. 
like the film kind of opens up <laughs> with this YouTuber, like you pointed out, Laura. Like, do you really just want to live the life that your parents set for you? To like eat everything that they force feed you since you're a child? <laughs> There's a big world out there. You need to experience it yourself. Oh, and by the way, the, that world is flat. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, you really had a good point there until until yeah. the end. Now I'm just concerned that a lot of impressionable minds are believing that. And, yeah, the third point, I love conspiracies in the sense that I always like to hear people who believe things. And I certainly wouldn't mock anybody. I'm a pretty naturally condescending guy over the microphone, and I apologize <laughs> for that. But I love people to explain why... They have a need to believe in something. And sometimes I get great answers, and sometimes I get like a dead stare, like, I don't know, uh, because you shouldn't believe in a lie. I'm like, is that really enough? And it's pretty cool, pretty cool. So I enjoyed all of that. You know, it, it certainly dives deep into a lot of stuff, not on purpose. I think, again, that's all through the ad-libbing, so that makes it even yeah, more quirky. I, I, I kind of want to say, like, I agree with that, saying that I think those points are there, but it's it's unintentionally trying to find depth in them. It's mostly right. just surface discussion. Un- kind of exactly. I feel like the narrative doesn't care about that at all. The narrative is, is the simple explanation that we gave it. But that's all right. You know, I enjoy a good ad lib every once in a while. Um, yeah. And, yeah, well, Laura, why don't you go into what you were saying? Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> I enjoyed it, is what I was saying. Um, I like the conspiracy theory stuff insofar as, you know, you're setting up this setting up a well it is a setup or not necessarily a joke but as somebody who has teenagers who are constantly showing me youtube videos and sometimes <laughs> yeah. like, this butterfly effect is real and i'm like oh <laughs> my god jesus please no and uh you know the constant you know explore your mind mom why are you just you know believing the stuff that you were taught well uh I am using my brain. I am trying to be a critical thinker at this point. And I'm thinking that some dude on YouTube probably is not that guy that you were thinking he is. So anyhow, I like that. Yeah, I mean, those kind of points can be good because it's like, yeah, you know, maybe you should believe everything you were taught, but not everything that you were taught was bad. Some of it is That's passed true. down for a reason. That know? reading and that science, woo, it's some stuff. <laughs> Mom, you look, you read books? Jeez, YouTube. That's the way I learned my history. <laughs> totally. But, yeah, I, I do say, though, I, I mean, the thing that actually kind of caught me off guard is one thing I actually found I liked more than the actual plot were some of the side characters because uh, – I can't say too much without spoiling what's mostly pretty obvious, but they get involved with the people who they're trying to sell the store to, and this one character actor shows up for the last, like, 15 minutes, uh, Dan <laughs> Packadol, I think his name is. Uh, that dude's hilarious. Like That, that guy's, dude is hilarious. Yeah, like, because I, I know I've seen him before, because, like, oh, he's, like, those, he, he pretty much guest stars in, like, everything on TV for, like, an episode or two. Yeah. Uh, so when I saw him, and I saw the way that they were doing his character arc, I'm like, Wow, this is a weird breath of fresh air compared to everybody else in this movie. <laughs> kind of yeah, thing. no, I liked I liked his arc. It was and they and and uh, I liked the fact that they didn't just brush it off; they just kept telling us about it, which I liked. Yeah, and there was, was a committed. couple. Yeah, and there was a couple funny moments with these two other guys who kept coming throughout the movie. Uh, Whitmer Thomas and Timothy Paul as these two redneck numbnuts they kept bumping into. <laughs> Jake and Zeke, yeah. Yeah, which there was a funny joke. They're like, uh, yeah, you know, you don't sound like you're from the South. It's like, oh, yeah, where do you think the South is? 
well, you know, Maine, Virginia, this part here, this part. And Mark Maron just goes, oh, okay, you're not as dumb as I thought you were. <laughs> yeah. I like that. His character kept, like, just calling it what it was. Uh, I liked that that was his recurring theme. Yeah, and, and I like that. Away with it, or largely. He kept the movie grounded, which I liked a lot. And that's why I say that he's probably the strongest character, because I have to say this, that unfortunately for me, I was kind of on the point of enjoying enough of the movie while not fully loving it. Until the final 15 minutes where the movie just decides to become totally retarded. <laughs> and I'm sorry, oh, I, I'm really extreme with that. I, I hated the ending of this movie. I did not think it was good at all. So, I admit it was unexpected and it kind of threw me. I felt like it was... Um, well, I kind of feel like it just sort of, well, let's tack something on here. we got to wrap this up somehow. Uh, and that's what they ended up with. Yeah, no, literally, it felt like they had an idea for an ending, but they didn't know how to actually get there organically. So like, eh, screw it. Let's just start doing this stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I agree. That's how it felt to me, too. I'm not yeah. sure what I would have done, but, um, yeah. I, You know what? There's actually a moment I felt like the movie could have ended and it kept the same tone, because that's the thing that killed me. It's not even so much that some of the stuff that happened, but the fact that they happened and they're so radically different than what the movie's been going for up to that point that mm-hmm. I'm just like... Why did it feel the need to do this stuff? I was really confused by that. <laughs> so, well, for me, and I agree with you, Justin and Laura. I didn't like the ending either, but I understood the ending. How those characters got there didn't make any sense to me at all, though. No, because you know it turns out, <laughs> and a lot of movies have this. So this saying isn't a spoiler. It turns out that the real prize was all the friends we made along the way, and. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that before, I think, on these podcasts, but I think that's a 9 out of 10. Sometimes I like that, but 9 out of 10, I think that's a bullshit message. So the film literally does have one of those, ah, like Hallmark could have came up and knocked IFC out of the way and been like, this is my show now. And (laughs) it would have brought the ending more sensibilities to it but anyways i agree with you is what i'm trying to yeah say. no and I, I, that's a good point to make because it does it does feel like that theme that they ended on it didn't make sense for what the story was being told because i'm like what about this story would lead any of these people with being friends with each other you know at the end of this because like the only time they ever bonded was or like had any serious bonding was in that part when they go into the truck and i'm yeah. like mm-hmm. okay that's a decent enough scene but it's not enough to convince me about the stuff that happens afterwards happening because also i gotta say this that this movie clearly doesn't really know what conspiracy nut people do because i mean i get it there's some <laughs> of these people out there these crazy rednecks who believe in flat earth theories and that stuff but having lived in places like idaho and that such where these people might exist there i ain't met anybody who acts like these people so it just it felt cartoony the way they were I felt like they were playing with stereotypes without actually understanding where, where the stereotypes came from. Yeah, and like there was almost a moment where Dan Backendall's character, he was kind of like a subversion of the stereotype, and that's why I liked him so much, because he was so like, oh, wait a minute, this is what I thought he was going to be, but then he did turn out that. But yeah. then there's a couple other characters there, I'm just like, I don't even believe that people like this might exist. Because also, I just... I just had that problem with the premise where I didn't believe that they needed to believe the premise of the, uh, the, the the conspiracy theory. I'm like, look, you're selling a sword. Who cares if you buy this dumb crap? You know, seriously. <laughs> yeah, 
that's one of the I, early I, jokes. And they do lose the handle on that joke, though. Is the yeah? And if they on. had really kept that going, it would have been a lot. You know, I wish they had really gone a lot further with the uh, the South one, the war thing. I really yeah. wish yeah. they'd taken it. It could have gone so far. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree. But, uh, well, Laura, why don't you lead us into a final thought then? What would you say for, for this movie? Um, okay, so I did enjoy this movie. I thought it could be tighter. Um, I thought the dialogue was great in so many places. It really had me laughing out loud uh, unexpectedly, which is always uh, appreciated. Uh, Mark Marin is definitely the... I don't know, the high point of mm-hmm. the film. He's definitely the strongest character. And I liked how he played off of the other characters for the most part. Um, there are some editing blips, whatever with that. You know, I'm sure. Oh, like, yes, there are. <laughs> you know, I just got to move over that because I'm sure, you know, this is an indie film and they that was probably the best shot they had, you know, and that's what they put in there and that's what happens with indie films. Yeah. Um, again, I thought they were playing with the... Um, stereotypes and i thought that the southern uh, in the southernisms that they were putting in there weren't quite spot on and you know somebody was obviously unfamiliar with how to handle a gun um that annoyed me a lot oh again that's part of that dumb ending that is, but that that yeah. part of the, i'm like where the frick did this come from yeah, just to give a shout out me. i think natalie portman's the only actress working today who insists that guns be handled correctly on set i actually it read is that so important because so. anybody who it knows is. how to handle a gun will look at them and go that's fucking bullshit which is what <laughs> i do and it just makes me angry and i'm like what the fuck happened here yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see what else did I have to think about this. Uh, I like the fact that it was so, but especially the beginning, that was so intimate, the conversations that were being had, and I really felt like I was intruding on them. And I, I love that. Yeah. I love that awkward, like you said, it, it's a whole bunch of awkward conversation happening. And it's like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable right now. This is the wrong spot to be in. But I'm watching it and I'm stuck in it. Um, and and uh, what else did I think? Um... I don't know. I felt like these characters were such babes in the woods and they were so out of their league. And yet this is totally what they would do all the time like these normal people. And then I don't know. Yeah. The conversation in, in the in the van, that was good because then it made sense why they would do stupid shit like they were doing. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, bad decisions. You have a history. I get it. So I don't know. Overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was not without its flaws. Heavily flawed, did not like the ending, but I enjoyed the ride. And I think a lot of times it's it's good to enjoy the ride. And I think that there's a lot that could be done with this and they could have gone a lot further with some of their ideas. But overall, enjoyable for me. So um, if I were going to rate this in my rambling, like totally unfocused way today, I'd say <laughs> it's good for a couple of laugh out louds and some smiles. <laughs> Well, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Bradley. Yes, indeed. I laughed a lot, too, watching this. Um, I know the problems that you had with it, Justin, and I actually agree with them. Mark Maron, for example, he's in a comedy that's also a dramedy, and I enjoyed that. Uh, Michaela Watkins, she's in a wacky heist caper comedy, and (laughs) I enjoyed that. 
Toby Huss plays a character named Hogjaws, and he's in a freaking cartoon. I have no idea what script yeah, he, he got. He looks like he came out of like Black Pan. Oh, no, no, Black Klansman, but he was like a comedy version of that. Yeah, you know? and, and yet they were all in the same movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Toby Huss is like digging deep to get the soul of Dale Gribble and just splatter him all over the screen here. That's I mean, a king the, of the, the hill character. The character's name is Hogjaws. So Hogjaws, yes. Hog jaw. And yeah, I thought when he came into the store, I was like, well, this guy kind of seems like a ho- cartoon. He goes, my name is Hogjaws. I'm like, okay, he is a cartoon. There we go. You know, Jillian Bell was cute. I like how quirky she is. And I'm not going to spoil the bit she has. So if you watch it and you don't know because it's so subtle, send me a text. I'll let you know what it is. Sorry, a tweet. That's what the kids mm-hmm. are using, right? Tweets. I like its observations on truth. Get on the Twitter, Bradley. The Twitter. I I still don't have an Instagram. I'm going to get on one. Mom, happy birthday. Love you. I'm going to get on that Instagram. So then you have um, John Bass, who's just kind of there. I think he's fine. I'd be interested in seeing where his career goes. But I feel like it doesn't really have a grasp on the awesome things it's trying to say. Because it's not trying to say them. They just come out through these little ad-libbed conversations they have. You know, Mark Maron, great performance as always, but that generally goes without saying, of course. Uh, I did laugh a lot. I did hate that ending probably more than you, Justin, because I'm a much bitter person, more bitter person than Justin. I just hide it better. Um, (laughs) But this was fun. It it had teeth, but then the teeth fell out, I'll say, because Mm. of that damn ending. Yeah. But I still liked it. I still like to tell everyone to watch Mark Maron stuff. And just because of how awkward it is and how comedy seems kind of light this year, I'll give this a seven toy trains in the basement toy room. Ten. Oh. Ten locks on the door to the basement toy room. Seven tr- oh, there is a toy room in this place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Um... Yeah, I guess I'm much more negative on this movie than you guys are. I felt like this movie had its moments of humor, but I struggled to think of a reason why this movie should exist is my biggest issue with this. It's it's an exercise. It's an excuse for these actors to riff on each other. It's a good practice in improvising dialogue. But I walked away with it just going, I don't know why I watched this. I, I'm just... I was just kind of bored ultimately at the end. And then I, I was almost going to give it a pass until that ending started. I'm just like... Well, that took off like two points from my rating just automatically because of how dumb it was. So, wasn't the worst thing in the world, but I can't honestly recommend this movie to anybody. So, I'm going to give it five out of ten. Uh, five out of ten totally obvious homages to the ending of Sideways. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Sideways. Sideways kind of annoyed me too there at the end, if I remember correctly. See, Sideways is the movie this movie wants to desperately be, but doesn't have nearly the wit or heart <laughs> to be. Yeah. How does he sound? Ah, let's go drink some wine. Ah, I hope our marriages Dude. are okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that where we're going to end this on a Paul Giamatti impression? <laughs> well, do you guys believe in any crazy things? I have this crazy belief, and I hope we're still friends after, that Batman actually can't solve every problem. What? No. Oh. Maybe we might be our own group because I'm in that group too. So I'm just like, oh, <laughs> there we go. We've started our own YouTube page. Subscribe now. Well, <laughs> is Thanos really wrong? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. End it. Someone snapped the end of this review. 